It was gone with the wind, but it's all coming back to me. That song's been stuck in my head for a week because of TikTok. A week. A week. And my best friend Kelly had this idea. She was like, every day I write down the song that's stuck in my head and I just keep the list and then at the end of the year I'm going to make a playlist. Genius. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Miss Congeniality. How are we feeling? Do a check-in. What is up, guys? I'm so excited for today's episode. I feel like we've been on such a roll and it's been so good and we have so much to get into. The episode is going to be about confidence and inner peace and self-assurance and I'm really excited to get into all that because it was such a journey for me and we have so much to cover And yeah, we're going to just dive right in. Um, I have some updates. So it's been a cold week here in New York. It's like 14 degrees every day. And so I feel like a lot of us are like hunkered down. And so nothing like of the utmost excitement has happened. But there has been stuff, of course. Um, So I got a work phone and I'm feeling really happy about it. And I think so I've been trying to like boundary set because this is like an uncharted territory to navigate, meaning like my career. And I feel like people are always like, it's uncharted territory, but it like actually is. Like I'm very new to all of this and like the way I positioned myself in the beginning is not necessarily the most beneficial to both me and you guys now. And so for example, I used to have notifications on for my DMs and because of that, it would make me spend all day in the DM trenches and kind of like drop the ball on my brand deals sometimes. And like I wouldn't drop the ball. Like I always got it done, but they weren't like as good as they could be. Or I just like wasn't reaching all of you because I was only reaching some of you intimately. And of course, I want to keep reading my DMs. And I set aside time every day to read my DMs and give you guys advice and all that good stuff. But I think part of the new phone for work was like, this can be my phone where all my brand stuff lives. So I don't drop the ball. So I know what's going on. And so it's super creative and super professional. I will take the inundation from my personal phone a little bit away with all of the content that I'm making. I'll screenshot things on my other phone. Like my other phone will be like a space for all of that shit to happen. And yeah, so I got that. And then I also turned off my DM notifications because I'm just like, I want to be creating content for as many of you as possible. And then when the day ends or like in a half an hour time frame that I set aside, like that'll be my time to connect one-on-one with as many of you as I can reach. So I feel like it's good to set boundaries and I hope that you're working to set boundaries in your own life and maybe that will inspire you to do something that you haven't done out of fear that people would be upset. But remember, you have to disappoint everybody else before you disappoint yourself and it's not disappointing everybody else to set a boundary that's going to, in the long run, be better for the whole team because we're a team, right? So I got the work phone. She's doing well. We love to see it. Um, And yeah, I had a pretty fine weekend and week. My friends from J school... Macy and her husband oh my god it's like she's such like a hot milf I'm obsessed not a milf like a hot wife because she's not a mom a wilf she's like a wilf she's a total wilf she's just the best she was one of my closest friends at journalism school and they're moving to the city and we had like a little date night drink night with them and like 
I'm just so excited for them. It like feels so good that like my people are coming back. Cause I feel like after journalism school, we scattered and like, that's totally normal. Like people went to different places, but they're coming back. So that was like definitely the highlight of my weekend. It was so great. I was also like chronically exhausted this weekend. I went over to Scorpio boy's apartment and his roommates put on a movie and I passed out on the couch and was apparently snoring. So embarrassing. Not my fault. Harold and Kumar is boring. Like, okay, next, next, next. Uh, what else? My room is coming together. The rug is here. Everything's happening. A lot of people have been saying like, get a headboard, get a headboard. I have committed to so many different things at this time for this room that I don't know if I'm ready for the headboard step. Like the effort to get the rug under the bed was enough for like at least three weeks and my prints still aren't here. And so I feel like once things like start really like fully forming, then I can think about it more critically. But I do love my vanity. I die for my vanity. It's the best. I'm obsessed with it. And I'm like loving sitting there and doing my hair and makeup. It's so fun. So elevate your space. You guys know the deal. And I'll update you on TikTok as more things happen. But for now, I'm just waiting on these one prints. And that's what we're doing. And that's the tea. And that's the deal. Uh, what else? Okay, so what's upcoming? Oh, guys, this is a weird story. Like, just complete caveat. This is a bona fide message that if you're having trouble with your roommates, this is how you should not address it. So, my roommate and I, Rachel, were doing work on Monday and we heard screaming in our hallway. So, we opened the door and, like, one of our neighbors down the hall was, like, getting in a fight with their roommate. And it was, like, a guy and I think a girl. And these people definitely didn't live together, like, in a partnership like they weren't dating because the whole crux of the issue is that they had different bedrooms and so basically like this guy's screaming because apparently the girl roommate made a comment about him watching television on the couch and I guess it sounded like there was like a lot of stuff building up like I think that this was like there was a lot leading up to this moment of like stress and anxiety with them but the way that it was handled was just so screwed up he was screaming and cursing her out and it was like he was being like your room is a fucking mess and like cursing it it was insane and the takeaway from that situation and it lasted like 20 minutes it was so loud was that is not how you handle a roommate issue situation and if you're going through a roommate issue situation right now what I highly recommend that you do is in a more polite and indirect way be like what if we made a chore chart or like hey I've noticed that you haven't really been taking out the trash and like I feel like I've done it a bunch like what do you mind picking up some slack sometime like just do it nicely because you cannot get through to someone when you blow up mad and I know that sometimes we just blow up and it's like so hard to prevent but man was I like this is a spiral if I've ever seen one it was whack Okay, but this weekend, this weekend's a big one. So I don't know if you guys know this, but we do Thursday night dinners in our home. They're like little dinner parties. It's super fun. Our friends come. We drink, we eat, we be merry. But my brother has not gone back to Cornell yet, I guess because they decided to go online for the first two weeks because of Omicron stuff. Very sensible choice by them. And so they decided to do that. And so he's like, I'm not going to go back until it's in person. I'm just going to hang out at home. So he's been home and I guess he's bored. So he asked me if he could like come to the city. He wants to like gallivant around the city. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, let's have you come. And then like the whole thing was like, he wants to cook a dinner party. And I was like, okay, we do our dinner parties. But like, he is taking this to the next level. Like our dinner parties are usually like we're sitting on the ground. We're just eating like pasta and sauce that we made. And like, we have a lot of fun and it's really good. And like, it's really good vibes. But like, we're not like, this is not like next level. It's not like top chef. It's not like Gordon Ramsay shit. My brother has like printed menus. He's packing a suitcase with an electric hand mixer. Like this is the shit that you're getting with my brother. Like it's not the level, like the, the passion. 
It is out of control. And then on Friday, we're going to go to the Equinox. I had got him a guest pass so we can like see Equinox. And then we're going to go to the American Girl Cafe. And then the producers of Wicked invited me to come see it. And I get to bring Jake and my mom to see it. And I'm so excited to like be able to bring like my people and like people that have supported me and cared about me and loved me my whole life. Like to be able to do something like that for them is like, it's really exciting. I just can't wait. I like, I'm so excited and I think it's going to be really fun. And I can't wait for all that content. It's all be on Instagram. I'm sure most of it will be on TikTok too. Instagram is just like my trigger happiness. And so that's that on that. And that's the tea. And that's the, the, that's the whole thing. I have like a consistent feminine urge to like go out lately, but I like hate going out and like it's Omicron and like I'm not making it happen. But all this to say, just honor your life in the ways that you want to honor it. Do what you want to do. I hope you also have a fun weekend planned. And that's only Thursday and Friday. Like after that, I have like a lot of work to do. I have to like start writing my book proposal, which like what? What? Crazy town. Life is wild. Life is happening. Everything is good though. And those are my updates. And of course, we're going to have our deep thing, our funny thing, and our pop culture item of the day at the end of the episode. But let's just get into this confidence thing because confidence, I think, is marketed to us in the most capitalist and kind of screwed up way possible where it's like, be a boss girl. Just be a girl boss girl. Just be confident girl. You're too pretty to not be confident. And I think it's that whole like girl boss, that girl mentality, culture, and mindset where it's like, If you want to be confident, buy this. If you want to be confident, do this. Where it's like, it's actually so complicated and it actually has nothing to do with that. Like even a little bit, even at all, even slightly. Like confidence is so much more a personal and intimate journey than anything else. And it cannot be manufactured. Whereas like, yeah, prettiness and like looking a certain way objectively can be manufactured. And a lot of people equate feeling or looking better to feeling better about themselves but what I truly think the crux of that specifically is is like if you think that altering yourself in a certain way is going to make you feel better when you look in the mirror and elevate your confidence then yes definitely do it but a lot of times I feel like we do these things to change ourselves and we in fact we don't end up feeling better we end up feeling worse like for example weight is a really good example and I think like I always thought that if I like stopped eating and I was thin 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 I would be more confident but I was in fact less confident because I didn't even have the energy to be confident when I wasn't eating and I think like there's this idea that confidence is so deeply you know kind of associated with the way that we look but confidence is not a look there's no image that that is equivalent to confidence it's much more about how we feel internally not only about ourselves but like the things we do and like the people we surround ourselves with like confidence is holistic it's about our whole lives and I don't think that we ever truly and honestly get all the way there and I also think that's okay and the only way I know how to do anything and like the only way I know how to give advice is to give advice through personal anecdotes or like to share my own journey of confidence because I do feel like I'm very fully formed in that way where like I wasn't confident at all. It was like a 0% confidence level and now I would say I'm at like 87%. Like I feel really pretty confident and I'm a very confident person, but it wasn't always like that. And I think it's important to note that like I didn't get there until I was like in my early 20s. Like 
and some people don't get there until they're 45 and like that's also fine and so wherever you are on that journey it's still possible and probable and it's still attainable you can still find inner confidence and more importantly you can still find like inner peace okay so we're gonna take it back to like high school so when I was in high school like specifically like the early mid years of high school I was like not somebody that was ever like bullied but I feel like I was an easy target because my personality has always been kind of how it is today like very audacious very opinionated very silly very like even more so in high school like needs validation needs to be the center of attention maybe a little annoying but you know what we we embrace that but I was also like a theater kid I was in the drama club and I was like not friends with the drama kids I was like friends with them in like a drama club way like we would do drama club together but like my friend group in high school was outside of drama club and I always just remember being like very insecure about being associated with a club at school that people thought of as like they would make fun of it even though like nothing brought me more joy like I would rather have hung out with my drama club and like done rehearsal every day than like gone and hung out with my friends or gone to a football game but like I was too insecure about myself and my own identity to like make that true so I would like obviously do drama club and I loved all the people and like I loved hanging out with them and I loved like performing the shows but I was like hiding the fact that I did it like it was never like an active part of conversation and like I remember that we would wear our show t-shirts like the days of the show at school and I would wear like a zip-up hoodie over it because I was like I don't really want people to like associate me in the drama club because when people think drama club at a high school that's so firmly centered around sports, they think loser. And I, you know, it wasn't even about like the friends I had in drama club. It was about the fact that societally we think of the drama kids as geeks. And I was not comfortable in the fact that that was my identity and that was like my chosen passion and like even I would do outside theater and I kind of just tried to like hide it and it was just because I wasn't confident in who I was and I was so afraid of the perception that I thought other people might have of me so it wasn't that I thought that my peers were perceiving me to be weird and a geek it was that I was afraid that they felt that way. I didn't know. Like, it wasn't like I was sitting around, like, I know they all think I'm a geek and, like, I know that's how they perceive me. I just, like, was like, what if they perceive me in that way? And I allowed the potential perception others had of me that probably wasn't even a thing because nobody cares that much. People are selfish to impact the way that I perceived myself. And I think that's the first big thing. It's like we allow the potential way someone might perceive us. So the shred of possibility that someone thinks that we're weird or a nerd or something like that, that is a potential. They could perceive you in that way, but we don't know. We allow that potential to influence how we perceive ourselves when it's like they probably don't even feel that way. So this is all kind of just crazy to think like that. But of course I did. You know, I wanted to be that girl that everybody liked in the high school. I wanted to be the girl that like, guys thought were was funny and I wanted to be like the girl that like it was okay for her to be weird because she was cool and cute and like it made her you know quirky and I what I didn't realize is that those people that you know were quote cool unquote and that everybody liked they were actually being themselves in a way that I was so scared to do and the reason that people liked them is and embraced them is that they were themselves and they weren't apologizing for that and so I think like I in high school kind of had given up on like being someone that everybody was obsessed with and like I'd kind of given up on like 
you know, being someone that everyone liked. So I just tried to be like a quieted version of myself. And I would try to just like, you know, fit into spaces that I didn't really see myself in. And like, I would just try to like get by. And I think that's really common in high school. We associate ourselves with things so that we can get by because it is hard. And I remember that when I was leaving high school, I told myself that like once I entered a new space like college, I was going to just shrink myself down so I could be that girl that everybody likes. So I could be like that elusive hot girl. So that I could be like, you know, the one that's always saying the right things and doing the right things. And like, I thought of this not as like a toxic negative mindset, even though it is, I thought of it as a rebrand. I was like, I'm going to rebrand my being. Like, I'm going to be somebody that everybody sees as cool and everybody embraces. And I'm going to do the things I need to do to get there. And I'm going to be like unabashed and be myself, but I'm going to be a the best, coolest version of myself. And I don't even know like what it was that was driving me to want to be that way. And like that was driving me to so strongly need everyone to like me. I was like, if I could just get everyone to like me, then I would like myself. But that doesn't make sense. Like, right, like let's unpack that. Like the crux of what I just said is if I can get everybody else to like me, then I'll like myself. But what is there to like if you don't know who you are, right? Like, and also... It's kind of overwhelming if everybody likes you. Like, why do we want that? Why do we lust after that? Why do men not care? Like, I watch men in my life, like, have to cut off friends or, like, set boundaries or, like, just be so blasé when someone doesn't like them. But for women, it's like, oh, they don't like me? I'm going to go spiral now. Like, I, I need to be liked. I need to be affirmed. Society tells me that I have to be liked or else I'm useless. And I think that that's really how I felt. And so I, you know, I got to college and was like, I'm going to change. Like, I'm going to change myself because there's seriously something wrong with me because I don't feel comfortable in who I am and I don't like it. And I think that the problem is, my high school version of myself is more similar to who I am today than my college version of myself. Like I did not like who I was in high school and I wasn't confident about it. And that was the thing. Like I was me and I was being unabashed, but I didn't, I wasn't confident and I didn't feel good about it. And I thought to myself like, well, if I can just change, I'll feel good about myself. And you know, we constantly hear that like in, in terms of women specifically, we tell women to shrink themselves to be smaller physically and emotionally and mentally and spiritually we tell them to be quieter to not take up space to not be loud there's this obsession by society with women being like childlike almost it's kind of creepy like hairless and and quiet and sweet and docile and it's just so strange um and so I decided to do it though I was like I want to be like that I want to be this like girl that everyone likes so much. And if I am that person, I will feel confident. I'll feel good about myself. So I tried really, really hard. You know, I joined a sorority and I, and I literally in high school was like, that's so not me. I would never do it. Not from a holier than thou perspective, just like that wasn't my shtick. That wasn't my vibe, but I did it. Cause I was like, this is a normal, cool girl thing to do. This is how you get people to like you. But what people was I even trying to please? Like a bunch of like frat boys and people who think that like heteronormative ideology rules the world and like a bunch of girls who hated me like I was trying to please a community of people who number one I never would have pleased anyway and number two I don't want to please and number three are just boring like and they're not the kind of people I want in my life and they don't lift me up but that's an entirely different thing but I joined the sorority and was like I'm going to be a cool girl and I literally chose the coolest sorority I could choose in the most shallow way possible because I thought that would get me there and then I was like I need to get the boyfriend and have the arm candy and I need to make it look like I'm thriving and then everyone's going to like me and then I'm going to feel confident and then I'm going to have confidence I'm going to feel great about myself and 
I was like, I'm just going to be normal, right? Like, she doesn't need to be this quirky writer girl. She doesn't need to be this, like, book nerd. She doesn't need to be this theater girl. You can go study theater, but, like, keep that part of your life separate, right? That's not what we're blasting out on the internet. We're going to make ourselves appear a certain way. And, you know, the internet was the perfect place for me to do this, like Instagram, because we can micromanage our appearance so well on the internet in a way we can't do in real life. Like, I could edit and Photoshop things to the high heavens, and I could post all these photos of me looking so happy and cool and normal, quote unquote, that maybe then people would think that that's how I was in real life, and then they would like me, and then I would feel confident. But the problem is, you can't buy a pair of jeans that are three sizes too small on you and try to make them fit. Because once you zip them up, if you even get them over your thighs, you won't be able to breathe. And you'll feel like you're going to bust. Or you just won't be able to zip it up and you'll be spilling out of them. And I think that's what I noticed. Like When I tried to shove myself into a pair of jeans that just didn't fit me, I was shoving away my whole self. And myself wanted to just burst out the whole time it was like an itch I couldn't scratch like it was a relief to take them off eventually but I kept them on for so long and like tried to make them fit but the thing is clothes we're not supposed to fit our clothes right like clothes are supposed to fit us so if you are a certain way and your personality is a certain size you need to get a pair of pants that fit you and not try to shove yourself into one that doesn't like your clothes are supposed to fit you. You're not supposed to fit your clothes. You don't need to change to fit your clothes. And I think that that's something I just could not wrap my head around. So I'm shoving myself into this pair of jeans and I'm fucking miserable. I think that my freshman year of college was horrible. I was so miserable. I literally completely lost who I was. I was dating this guy, throwing everything into dating him. He was so awful to me and I just could not wake up and see it. I was so naive and young and it's okay to be those things because that's how I learned and that's how we learn. Um, And he was incredibly emotionally manipulative and abusive. And I was trying so hard to make the girls in that sorority like me. So hard. And for what? Like, if they're not going to like you, then they never were. And then they're not worth it. Why would you want to be with some people and surrounded by a group of people who don't want you there? And I think I realized, like, you have to go where you're wanted. But at this time in my life, I didn't know how to go where I wanted, I, where I was wanted. I wanted to go where I wanted to be or where I thought would elevate me into being this person that people liked, elevate me into having confidence. And it's just, it was impossible. People still, I think I made it worse for myself when I tried to be somebody else to try to get confident. People could see through it. And even then, I was trying to associate myself into groups that my true and honest self did not want to be a part of. And it's so hard, right? Because we all want to belong and I wanted to belong. And I thought if I belonged with the coolest people that I could find, then I would be cool and then I would feel good about myself. But it didn't work. It doesn't work, right? Because you're shoving yourself into a pair of jeans that don't fit you. And I let this go on for such a long time, like my first two years of college. And then I live in the sorority house and I am just like not eating a lot. And I, you know, kind of am trying to be smaller and tinier doesn't make my life better, you know, like the same people are treating me the same way. I don't have a lot of friends in there. And so I I think that's when it really like kind of came to me. Like I didn't have a lot of friends in the sorority. Like 
trying to be someone I wasn't didn't make anybody like me and the people were going to not like me regardless. So why was I trying so hard to please people who weren't going to like me? Why was I going into places where I was not wanted by people who are boring and superfluous and kind of just mean for lack of a better phrase? And why was I chasing after a boyfriend who did not want me around, who just wanted my body? Why was I doing all of that? Because we want to belong. But the thing is, we need to want to belong where we are wanted, not where we think we should be wanted because all of that is a load of shit and it takes so long to find our communities that can lift us up but part of confidence is going into settings and surrounding yourself by people who make you feel elevated in who you are of course it's about finding that inner journey of finding it yourself but then the supplement is finding people who raise you up too And when we are so consumed and obsessed with people loving us and being liked by everybody, we lose ourselves because we are trying so hard to become somebody that people like that we don't even know who we become. Like we're catering toward somebody else's arbitrary expectation and then when it doesn't work, you're just left not knowing who you are. And when you lose yourself, it is so hard to walk the path, like with your tail between your legs, that walk of shame to go try to find yourself. And I think that that's really what happened to me. Like I was obsessed with becoming someone that people loved. And I realized like I never even asked myself if I liked those people. I never even took a step back and said, okay, but do I even like these people whose approval that I want to get so bad? Why do I want to get their approval? Because they're skinny? Because they're quote pretty unquote? Because a guy once told them they're cool? Like Why do I want to get the approval of these people that I don't even like? And I think it was a really hard realization to come to. Like letting go of all that didn't happen overnight. I just think when I was living in the sorority, I got tired. Like I was exhausted of like trying to be someone that people liked and trying to be confident. Like I was so tired of like trying to find confidence from other people's validation And I just realized like I had this weird realization that I was like, this is so much effort and I can't do it anymore. I can't even focus because I don't know who I am and I don't know what I like and I don't know the kind of people that I want to be around because I have been so, you know, I've been pigeonholing myself to be a certain way so that people would validate me. And that kind of work like cannot be done without therapy, I don't think. It cannot be done without a support system. But I had this like moment of clarity where I remember being like it's so much effort to micromanage my Instagram and to shove myself into these jeans that don't fit me just so that people that I don't even like will like me what if I just stopped and I asked myself what would happen if I stopped giving a fuck what these people cared about me and I was just myself and I and I found confidence through being myself and making myself proud and I stopped trying to find confidence from other people's validation what would happen and I realized okay you lose some people, right? You start being yourself and you lose some people. Those were fake friends. If they walk away from you when you're elevating yourself to becoming your best, when you're finding confidence from your inner self, when you're elevating your relationships because you are more present and you're not caring what other people think about you, if people walk away, they were not your friends to begin with. So that was number one. Realizing that the people I would lose were so unimportant because they would walk away from me and the people I would gain on the other end were going to be such lasting individuals in my life once I just took that step. And so that was the first thing. Like I realized like, okay, if I start posting whatever I want on Instagram and people unfollow me, okay, you're lost, bitch. Like 
I don't want to be a part of your life either. We have to go where we're wanted. We have to surround ourselves by people who want us around. And so I think step one was honestly just not like coming out on social media, being like, I'm done pretending. But I kind of just like made this switch, like posting things I wanted to post because I felt like for so long, the reflection of myself that I had was this like fake Instagram persona. And I was like, I'm done with that. So that went into the garbage first. And then I just started going where I wanted and trying to feel confident in those decisions. I wanted to do theater. I wanted to create things. I wanted to surround myself with the geeks and the nerds because guess the fuck what? I'm a geek and a nerd. And that's where I feel comfortable. And that is where I feel confident because that's where I'm wanted. That's where people are elevating me. That's where I'm sure of myself. And so I just switched my track. I started to go and do a lot of theater stuff. I started to do a lot of writing stuff. And slowly I started to come back into myself. But then, of course, there's the whole second issue of like, well, okay, you're self-assured now and you're going where you're wanted, but you're not confident yet. You haven't honed your confidence yet. And I think that the first step was realizing that nobody's ever going to reach a nirvana of confidence. Like there's no person that is fully formed confident 100% all of the way, all of the time. That's not realistic, right? But what is realistic is just being baseline confident on most days or being 80% of the way there. And that is something that's really attainable. And so I asked myself, what does confidence look like to me? And I realized it looks like an individual being 100% comfortable in who they are right now. And it doesn't mean, I think it's not mutually exclusive. I am a work in fucking progress. I believe that nobody is 100% done ever. But you can be a work in progress. You can have goals for yourself. You can say, I want to lose 10 pounds in a healthy way. Or I want to land this job. Or I want to make this career switch. Or I want to elevate this for myself. But I'm also 100% comfortable in who I am right now. And I looked at people that I saw as comfortable in who they were. People in my life. And I was like, well, what do they do? They're just like, this is me right? Like, honestly, The Greatest Showman, there's this video on YouTube. I'll link it to this. And it's Kiala Settle, who played the one of the characters in The Greatest Showman, singing that This Is Me song for the first time at, like, one of their, like, readings when they're, like, casting the movie. And you can just see the way that this moves her. And you can see that in her life, there have been so many times and so many people telling her that she's not allowed to be comfortable and confident in who she is today. And like when she sings the songs, you can just see her being like, I'm breaking that down. This is me. Like, this is me. Come as you are. Go where you're wanted. If you want to be around me, amazing. If you don't, up yours. You're lost, buddy. I don't want to be in your life either. You know, it's not even like a bad juju thing. Like if someone doesn't want to be in my life, I'm like, okay, mazel tov, I don't want to be in yours either. Like... I don't have the time. Like I'm trying to surround myself with people that elevate me and people who I can elevate. Like we're not on the same page. That's good. You're fine. Goodbye. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. And so I was like, I just want to be comfortable in who I am today. And a lot of that work was about putting myself in places where I felt like Eli. And I felt like me in the Michigan Daily Newsroom. And I spent a lot of time there once I realized that. And I felt like me in my playwriting classes and my creative writing classes. And so I put myself in those spaces and I met amazing friends, amazing friends. I felt like me when I was running on the trails in Ann Arbor. So I set aside time for myself to do that. And when I was placing myself in these spots where I was wanted, I was feeling so much better about who I am and how I'm elevating myself. And the confidence just kind of came with that. Like all of a sudden I was like, 
I know who I am and I'm putting myself in spaces where I feel comfortable in that. And that makes me feel confident. That makes me feel powerful. That makes me feel like a badass. Using my voice and raising my hand makes me feel like a badass. Is it scary sometimes? Yeah. But the rush and the thrill that comes with it is what I crave. That to me was confidence. And this one is a little bit harder to get to, but I also realized that I will never be the most beautiful woman in the room, right? Like I'm cute, I think. Like I am definitely confident in my looks, but there's, you know, there's always someone better. There's always someone smarter. There's always someone prettier, okay? But I realized that if I was just confident and I went after what I wanted in terms of like guys and bars and flirting, I would beat everybody else out every time because the sexiest thing someone can be is confident and that is a fact. And I would just put it in my head like if I saw a guy and I wanted to like get with him or I saw someone, I would just be like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And okay, what's the worst case scenario? You try and they reject you. That's their loss again. If they don't want to be a part of your life, you don't want to be a part of theirs. Okay no bad blood. Like it's so simple when we boil it down. And I realized like I had this huge crush on this person when I was in college and he was older than me. And like everybody had a crush on him. It was like one of those guys that everyone had a crush on. And like for a little bit, like the voice in my head was like, you would never be able to land that. Like, come on girl, you're never going to land that. Like he's so out of your league and blah, blah, blah. And he's older and all these things. And then I was just like, well, what if I was just like, yeah, you can land it. You got this girl. Look at you. You're awesome. You're confident. And I literally said to him, I was like, I'm moving to New York City for an internship. I know you live there. You should take me on a date. He took me on a date. We dated for five months. Literally like, you just have to go for it. You just have to find that within yourself to not fear what might not happen and instead run toward what could. I feel like in the situation, like shooting your shot, which is something that takes a great deal of confidence, you have to ask yourself, who am I right now? I am Eli, single person with no significant other. There is somebody I have a crush on. If I shoot my shot, worst case scenario, he rejects me. Who am I? I'm still Eli, no sig- significant other, single, but still thriving. I'm not losing anything by trying and by being confident. I only have something to gain. And if you are confident, you're almost always only going to gain. It's like the law of attraction. Like you have to like put that energy into the universe like and you have to assume the best instead of assuming the worst. I think we have this baseline baseline assumption that people don't like us. That we enter spaces being like, I'm too this for them. They're not going to like me. What if you just didn't assume that? Because it's not based on any fact and it's just you being insecure. What if you just said, everyone's going to like me. I'm going to be fine. And I'm doing my best and I'm confident that everyone is going to like me. And if they don't, that's their loss. And we don't want to be a part of each other's lives. And it just didn't work and we're not a fit. What if you assumed that? If you assumed that, people are going to like you. If you assume no one's going to like me, then they're not going to. And it's such a simple mindset switch. And, And I think that this work sounds like it's a lot of work. And it is. It's been such a process for me. And there's been so many times that I've sat up at night, like, thinking about and worrying whether or not people like me. And I still feel that way. Like, those feelings don't go away. But, like, there's so much to be said about just feeling comfortable in who you are today. And you can feel comfortable in who you are today and still be sad and still want to improve. But confidence comes when you look in the mirror and you're like, I feel comfortable in this because I've worked really hard to be who I am fully, to follow my gut instincts and surround myself by things and people and places that elevate the experience of who I am and who I have always been. 
And I do think that it's hard to like be comfortable in who you are today because we're fed a constant stream of self-improvement mindset. And it is so good to self-improve. But when was the last time someone told you like, it's okay to be who you are today and to celebrate that? When is it ever marketed to us? It is okay to celebrate who you are today and feel confident in that, period. You don't need to be X, Y, Z thing and this, that, and the other thing and winning all these awards and having the dream job and having the dream boyfriend and getting this and getting that. You can just be confident in who you are today, period. doesn't matter if you slept in all day. I don't care. I don't know what your prerogative is. Like nobody ever says like you can just be confident in who you are today. Like people don't give us that allowance like people don't allow us to do that it feels illegal or something to feel good about who we are today and i think that's something that's so important to remember is like you're allowed to feel good about who you are today you're allowed to say you know what if someone doesn't like me i do not need them i don't have to aspire for everyone to like me that is just such bullshit that mostly women are fed that we're supposed to make sure everyone likes us. You're allowed to just be comfortable and confident in who you are today, even if you feel lost and even if you feel like you're a work in progress. And I think I never heard anyone tell me I was allowed to do that. And I also never heard anyone tell me that I could be more than one thing. My whole life, I feel like people were telling me that I had to focus and that I had to pick one thing to be. I had to pick one interest. Like, I think every teacher I ever had in public school, elementary school, middle school, high school, like these people were, all these teachers were telling my parents, like she can't focus on one thing. She has too many interests. Like, and nobody ever told me like, you're allowed to follow those passions if they feel true to you. Nobody ever told me you're allowed to be more than one thing. And so I felt wrong my whole life. And I think it really stifled my ability to feel confident in who I was because I do have a lot of interests and I am unfocused in some regard. But you know what? If I was, if I picked one thing and I discarded all my interests and if I dulled my color because people told me that that's how I should be and nobody allowed me to be fully formed, I wouldn't be here at all. And it's so frustrating to me that people don't tell us you are allowed to be confident in who you are. You don't need to meet a fucking standard to be confident in who you are. You don't need to be the skinniest, prettiest. You don't need to be white. You don't need to be rich. You don't need to be anything. All you have to be is yourself and you're allowed to be confident in that. I just, it's so frustrating to me that nobody ever says that and nobody ever said that to me. And I, I think like I spent so much time being like, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I just focused, I could be confident. If I just did this, I could be confident. People are always telling me I have too many interests. What if I just chose one thing? No, like you're allowed to take up the space and the air to be confident in who you are right now. And I hope that you know that. And I know that we're fed so much bullshit about self-improvement and self-improvement is a really good thing. And I'm taking a lot of steps to self-improve for myself right now. But at the same time, I'm allowing myself to feel confident in who I am today. So to help with this, I'm going to give you guys a journal prompt slash two journal prompts. So the first thing I want you to do is write out to yourself the best idea of what your life could be. Obviously, like the best idea of our lives might be like, oh yeah, we are millionaires and blah, blah, blah. I'm not talking that. I'm talking like little things that would make your life a lot better and then look at the whole thing and you're going to realize how small the changes you are that you have to make are. They're going to be very small and they're all probably going to be about you prioritizing your life for you and for nobody else. And the second thing I want you to do is make a list of all the things that bring you the most joy that you feel like yourself when you're doing them. See what they have in common. 
Make a list of things that you don't feel like yourself when you're doing them. Discard those things. We're throwing them out. We don't have time to waste, right? Like we got time, but we don't have time to waste. Like you have an opportunity to live. Why would you spend your life worrying about living when you could just live? You know what I mean? And my last piece of confidence advice is that I realized, okay, I'm awake for 16 hours a day. I was spending like 10 of my waking hours concerned with what people thought about me, loathing myself and my body, and just not feeling good about who I am. What? 10 hours? What if I died tomorrow and my last 10 hours on earth were spent loathing myself? So I just quit. I was like, we don't have time. We need to just, we need to feel good about ourselves. It's so hard to do, but it's also such an easy switch to make. And you guys, I don't want you guys to waste your precious fucking time on this earth worrying and despising yourself instead of elevating yourself and feeling good about yourself. Okay, and now we're done with all of that and it's time for the segments of the week. First of all, the funny thing. This is good. This is great. This is a story time. So, and this is a recommendation if you're in college especially. So when I was in college, I would make pick stitches. Like I would take the app pick stitch, which like allows you to put photos in a grid next to each other. And I would make photo grids of all the people I had hooked up with to see if I had a type. And then I would send it to my friends and make them make theirs and send it to me. Is this weird? Yes. Do you wind up like having to stalk people that you hooked up with and had one night stands with? Yes. Is it hilarious? Yes. It's so funny. And also it was when I realized I had such a distinct type. Like every guy I've hooked up with has like a very specific jawline, brown hair, glasses, and they all look like they could be cast in like a very mediocre production of West Side Story as the Jets. Like it's so they're the same. <laughs> they all look the same. And then there's like a couple outliers and, that, and that's when I'm like, mm, yeah, I was drunk. You know what I mean? Like that's like the outlier situations when you're like, mm, yeah, that was like a mistake. Or you just leave those out, leave out your mistakes and just look at your goddamn pick stitch and die laughing and send them to your friends. It's almost like a PowerPoint party, but better. Like it's like a my type party because you will see what of your friends has the most distinctive types out of the group. And it is just like so brilliant. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. And there's literally nothing better. So that's the funny thing of the day. I just like stumbled upon it because randomly my new work phone like downloaded 5,000 photos onto itself that were from iCloud and like half of them were of my ex, in which case I was like, okay, let's relax. Like I didn't ask for this today. And the other half of them were just like extremely obnoxious, like that, like from college. And it was hilarious. So that's the funny thing of the day. And that's an activity recommendation. Now, you know, the deep thing. Um, so this is going to be about friendships and a lot of you guys ask me about friendship breakups, about friend groups, all these questions that I get about friends all the time. And I really haven't experienced that many friendship breakups that have been direct and like, I have to break up with you as a friend, but I think I've been reflecting on it because there is a friend or like some friends that I feel like I've lost that I used to be really close with. And I think you have to remember that when we think about these people, and I've been thinking about this person a lot lately, which is why I wanted to bring it up today. We have to remember that the end goal of every relationship is not that we're going to spend the rest of our lives with this person and a lot of relationships, it's not the end goal at all. And I think that friendship is the only kind of relationship that we don't look at as a forever. Like we see our family as someone that we have to be a part of forever, which is also not true. And we look at significant others, like we're going to spend our rest of our lives with them. But with friends, it's not really the case. And I always like say this about breakups too. Like you wouldn't think about like, you know, a friend, like, oh, I'm going to marry you. Like they're kind of just in your life until they're not, or they're in your life for as long as they are. And I think it's really special and also important to like 
put it all in perspective, if that makes sense. Like, your friends are going to be your friends until they're not. And they served a purpose either way. And it's okay to lose them. And you're allowed to treat that like a breakup too. But also, like, we don't operate under the assumption that our friends are going to be around forever. And they taught us something when they were. And if they're no longer serving us, then they're no longer serving us. And I think that we forget that people grow and people grow apart. And, like, sometimes when we grow in, as individuals, it doesn't match with our relationship growing. And that's okay. It's incredibly normal. And I know how hard it is and how much it hurts and how sad you can be because I feel those things. And I think it's, like, very real. I'm like, I don't even know why this is coming up because I feel like it's old kind of like it's like a not a discarded friendship but like an older friendship that's making me feel this way and I just like you know if something's not going to work out because one or both parties is like done with it then you have to put it to bed and like move forward and also be willing to be upset about it but also be willing to realize that like the end result of that friendship wasn't forever and that's okay it was still valid the memories are still real the good things are still good so that's my deep word of advice for today and I think it can be really helpful especially in navigating like post-grad life or post-high school life like these times when we do change as individuals and sometimes our relationships don't come or match up with that okay and now my pop culture item of the day so I don't know if you guys know this, but randomly last year I became like Katy Perry's biggest fan. I love Super Bowl halftime performances. I'm like absolutely addicted to them. I thought The weekends was horrible. It only just made me want to have sex and it served no other purpose. But like the Lady Gaga one, um, the Katy Perry one, there's a bunch of them that I'm just like obsessed with, the Madonna one. And I became super obsessed with Katy Perry last year and I listened to her so much, like randomly became obsessed with all of her music and then she was my top artist or she was like my number two or three. It was like Taylor, Kanye West and her and I forget the order. But it's so funny to me because I've been seeing so much content lately of people being like, Katy Perry is out of her flop era. She's back in her rebound era. Like, Katy Perry's rebounding. Like, no more flop era for Katy Perry. And I was like, you know what? Maybe her music went into a flop era. But, like, you wouldn't say Rihanna was in a flop era because she stopped writing and doing music and started pursuing other things. And, like, maybe we don't even know what Katy Perry's been pursuing in her time away, like, to be honest. But... There's no flop era for me. I always loved her. And I never find people that give Katy Perry the hype she deserves. Like, this is an icon. Like, I'm obsessed. And I think that we need to get on board with being obsessed with her. And like, yes, I will admit, her recent Instagram photo is gorgeous, stunning, never before seen. She looks so hot. She looks so good. Like, she just looks like she's glowing and thriving and whatever else. But like, Katy Perry did not go into a flop era. Maybe her music was better in 2010, but like, most people's music was better than in 2010. You know what I mean? Like, 2010 was an era it was a moment it was a motif like we're not there anymore maybe we're not in the same era of music but that does not mean that my girl Katy Perry was ever in a flop era I saw this like article it was like the immediate rise and awkward fall of Katy Perry I'm like it's not awkward it was she's brilliant what are you talking about awkward the woman was never awkward not a day in her life was the woman awkward and I I stand by it. And then people were, of course, commenting things that she did that were problematic. And I was like, oh, I feel like I always look up someone's name problematic to like do my research before I share about them. And I really couldn't find this stuff. But everybody always knows like the receipts come out. That's the great thing about TikTok. The receipts are always coming out. Everybody has a receipt these days. And if you don't have a receipt, your word is not gold. Your word is not God. Nobody believes you have no disciples. You need receipts to have disciples. Is that what this episode was about? This episode, we just threw it all out the window. The crux of it, the message, you need receipts to have disciples, period, end of story. If you're not bringing the receipts, people aren't following you. It's not the word of God. Nobody gives a shit. Oh my God, am I spiraling? I need a spicy margarita.
immediately, immediately, instantly, currently, now. It's 3.45. I need to go. I love you guys. This was a really fun episode. I really enjoyed it. I've had a lot of fun talking about confidence and I feel like there's so much more to unpack, but I hope this gives you like a starter pack of your foray into being the most confident version of yourself you possibly can. And please remember that you're allowed to love yourself as you are right now, even if you feel like you're in a period of self-improvement and you're allowed to feel like you're worth it because you fucking are. I love you so much. Big hug to the screen. Big love your way. I hope you have the best week ever. And I will, of course, and always and forever. See you next time. Bye, guys. I love you.